The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and today. 1965, Part 5, September 13th through November 30th. Two girls that have been in a helicopter. What? But that's all. Four. Were they driving it? We were embedded the time. What do you think of the groupies or the girls that make a business of chasing groups? I think it's terrible. (laughs) All of us Beatles women knew that girls threw themselves at the boys, but we also knew that they came home to us, so we ignored it. After all, we were getting fan letters every day saying things like, I'm in love with your husband, he doesn't love you, he wants me, so leave him alone. Some were funny, others threatening. But either way, they went into the bin and we forgot about them. I knew I was the bedrock of John's stability and that he loved me. And I let that be enough. While John, Paul, George, and Ringo enjoyed their break from work, the press was wondering what they were up to and how they were spending their free time. A lot of speculation occurred. Paul taking a culture break with musical and theatrical openings. Dibs Mather tried to get a serious word from the boys about what they were doing at that time. Well, I'm doing a lot of symphony work on my own at the moment. Who's that talking? This is Paul. Doing a lot of symphony work and... Um, and I'm I'd... branching out as fullback for West Ham United. That's George. 
And I've also got coming up lead in the new Tarzan film. Who's that talking? Paul. Well, that ought to be, you know, promising, and it offers uh, me full scope for my acting and physical abilities. This uh, may destroy the image that's already uh, built. No, up I don't think it will people. actually. Because no, who's that talking? Because <laughs> <laughs> John sort of built up a bit of a Tarzan image. This business about the image, though, most of the other pop singers get into trouble for what drunken driving or drunk or something or other. Yeah, we're not like clean. That. Oh yeah, that's yeah, we're so clean. clean, clean washing and that, and because we get somebody to drive us, is friendly with the police. Has it got yeah. anything to do? Would you say with the kind of um, upbringing that you had in Liverpool? Yeah, well, it is mainly sort of, uh, you know, the background, like... You know, what's a scruff, always a scruff. You know, you get a sort of clean living image, like, coming from there, like, you know. What we always used to say was that you can take a boy out of Liverpool, (laughs) but you can never take Liverpool out of a boy. Who's that talking? Paul. On September 10, 1965, the Lennon-McCartney song, You've Got to Hide Your Love Away, was released as a single by a group called The Silky. The Silky was a folk group signed by Brian Epstein to NEMS Enterprises and managed by Alistair Taylor. The song was produced by John Lennon and featured Paul McCartney playing guitar and George Harrison on tambourine keeping time.
It reached number 28 in the British charts and peaked at number 10 in the American singles charts. While the Beatles enjoyed a break from work, Capitol Records in the United States released the single yesterday on September 13th. The B-side was the song Act Naturally and features Ringo Starr showing his love for country music on this Buck Owens classic, which became a big hit in North America. Did you feel pretty comfortable doing a country western song? Is this your uh, line of trade? Well, I like country and western, you know, as much as rock and roll. And um, they wanted me to do a, a number on the album, you know, our recording manager. So um, I sort of played a couple of albums one night at home and picked three songs out. And then we went up to John's and we picked one out of the three that, you know, I could sing okay, you know, in key. Paul helps out on the high harmony vocal in the way the late Don Rich did with Buck. They're gonna put me in the movies They're gonna make a big start out of me We'll make a film about a man that's sad and lonely The movie's gonna make me a big star Cause I can play the part so well Well, I hope you'll come and see me in the movies Then I'll know that you will plainly see The biggest fool that ever hit the big time And all I gotta do is Thank you. 
In September, on the 13th, Ringo's wife, Maureen, gave birth to a boy, Zach. Who does he look like, Ringo? You're your a one. A bit of each, actually. We know he hasn't got a Ringo nose, has he? Oh, yes. God help him. But, you know, they say they change. <laughs> has he made any uh, musical noises yet? He's shouted out of it, you know, so I get them pressmen out of here and all that, you know. He has no idea. Well, he had it last night, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm going away. Have you decided what to call him yet, Ringo? Zach. Z-A-K. Yes, why, why Zach? Because we like the name, you know. It's, um... It's not shortened from Zacharias or anything like that, you know. It's not shortened from Zacharias? No, no. Why did you choose it for your son? Because we, I like, you know, well, we both like the name, and it's, it's sort of a strong name, and it's good, you know. And we found out today it means, um, well, what's it mean? It means something in Czechoslovakian, uh, scholar, scholar in Czechoslovakian. What's he going to be? What do you want him to be? I don't want him to be a drummer. You don't want him to join a group at all? Oh, I don't mind him joining a group, just don't play drums, you know, all that carrying them around and everything. On September 17th in the UK, the McCartney song that the Beatles gave up recording, titled That Means a Lot, is released by solo singer P.J. Proby. A friend says that your love won't mean a That your love is all you got At times things are so fine And at times they're not But when she says she loves you, you That means a lot A friend says that a love is never true This could apply to you. A church can mean so much when it's all you've got. But when she says she loves you, you that means a lot. Your love won't mean a lot And you knew that your love is all you've got A church can mean so much When it's all you've got But when she says she loves you, you That means a lot She loves you, you, that means a lot Can't you see when she says she loves you
Thank you very much, Jim Proby. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Oh, oh, oh. Get down, Rover. On September 20th, Pete Best's solo career forges ahead with the release of this song on Mr. Maestro Records. Oh, they say you found another. Is it true? They say I shouldn't love you, but I do. They never held your hand or got used to you somehow. So how can they understand? I can't do without you now. They say you never. Come back to me They say you'll find another Wait and see But they don't spend the nights away And still dream of you somehow You're a habit that I can't break I can't do McCartney had always been inspired in his songs by his girlfriend Jane Asher. Songs inspired by Jane included And I Love Her, Every Little Thing, You Won't See Me, among others. One day, Paul and Jane had a quarrel, as many couples do. In late September 1965, having disagreed with Jane on one thing or another, Paul put to tape another personal relationship composition. He recorded it at 57 Windpole Street in London, where he shared a flat with the Asher family. See it my way 
proceed your way Run a risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone We can work it out We can work it out Think of what you're saying You can get it wrong and still you think that it's alright Think of what I'm saying Here's another melodic chord progression Paul worked on that day. He had not yet found the proper lyrics to fit the tune. American single Yesterday hit number one on October the 9th, John's 25th birthday. On October the 11th, Paul McCartney attends a session at Decca Studios in London for Marianne Faithful's version of Yesterday, meeting the producer Mike Leander. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday Suddenly I'm not half the one I used to be There's a shadow hanging over me Oh, yesterday keeps
Tuesday, October 12th, the Beatles returned to work at EMI Studios in London. They began work on what would be a groundbreaking album. From 2.30 in the afternoon till 7 p.m., the group worked on John's new composition titled, Run For Your Life. Run for your lives, you... Take one. You know, soon as the backing came in, the rhythm went all soft, you know. But I mean, you can, you can look after it now because my voice isn't with it. You know, make it heavy. Because by the time we put something else on, there'll be no Jumbo Gibson at all. You tell him how it goes, Paul. Okay, boys. I carry Johnny. Right. With another man, that's the end, little girl Well, you know that I'm a wicked guy And I was born with a jealous mind And I can't spend my whole life Trying just to make it toe the line You better run for your life if you can, little girl Hide your head in the sand, little girl Catch you with another man The second song they worked on that day was another Lennon composition titled This Bird Has Flown. This Bird Has Flown, take one. Isn't it good 
Norwegian wood. She asked me to stay and she told me to sit anywhere. So I looked around and I noticed there wasn't a chair. I sat on a rug, drinking her wine, biding my time. She told me she worked in the morning and started to laugh I told her I didn't and crawled up to sleep in the bath On Saturday, October 16th, in Studio 2 of EMI, the Beatles spent the afternoon rehearsing and recording the rhythm track to a song that John and Paul both admitted was forced to write. Day Tripper, take one. Back at EMI Studios on Monday, October 18th, the afternoon was spent recording another marvelous new Lennon song, the autobiographical In My Life. After a period of rehearsal, three takes were put down, two of which were complete. 
The best was Take 3, with John's lead vocal underscored by Paul, and with lead guitar, tambourine, and drums as the rhythm. At this point, the middle eight of the song was left open, since the Beatles had yet to decide how best to use it. The hole was plugged with an imaginative overdub recorded on Friday, October 22nd. On that day, the first task was to superimpose an instrumental break onto In My Life, but using which instrument? The boys turned to George Martin for guidance. He suggested a keyboard-type solo. At first he tried a Hammond organ. and the boys felt that this wasn't right. They went away and had that tea, and, and I thought, well, it'd be rather nice to have something fairly quaint or fairly baroque in this piece. So while they were out of tea, I just uh, wrote something, uh, a little contrapuntal piece, like a Bach two-part invention, and played it, recorded it, and put it down. didn't work either. Martin felt perhaps a Baroque style at the right tempo would work. The solution was to play the recorded piano at half speed and then play back the tape at double speed. Played it back to them when they came back and they said, that's great, that's fantastic, we don't need more, that's it. Everyone was in agreement that this worked well. The boys continued to record new songs for their next LP, and on Sunday, September 24th, they started work on the song titled I'm Looking Through You. A lot of time was spent on this song that would later be remade entirely different, not just once, but twice. This interesting new Paul McCartney number was stacked with potential, but there was obviously some difficulty in recording it to everyone's satisfaction. I'm looking through you. Take one. Okay.
As the Beatles took a few days' break from recording, song mixing at EMI's control room took place by George Martin, engineer Norm Smith, and second engineer Ron Pender. The boys were also asked to perform at London's Royal Variety Show. They turned down a request to appear at the 1965 Royal Variety Show, but on October the 26th, nearly two months after the Cow Palace, the Beatles appear at Buckingham Palace to collect their MBEs. Cynthia Lennon. We wives and girlfriends would have loved to go, but the boys, knowing that the palace would be surrounded by crowds of hysterical fans, felt they would cope better alone. We watched on TV, bursting with pride. It was only a matter of time before the Beatles made it. So came the summons to the palace. The news got round to the faithful that the world's number one group were to be invested by Her Majesty with the most excellent order of the British Empire. Ringo, John, Paul and George, MBEs. What did Paul think of the palace? A keen pad, he said. Certainly no other four men of our time or any other have given so much pleasure to millions in a few short years. Recognition very well deserved. On the other side of the railings, the fans undoubtedly thought so, and let everybody know it within five miles radius. And rumor has it that the linen-led lawbreakers are doping during this performance. Raw nerves supposedly send the Beatles to the royal restroom, where they smoke up their stash before the honors are bestowed. The man shouted out, um, George Harrison, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and Ringo Starr. And Starr was the cue for us to walk forward, left foot first. It was just like a show. And we bowed, and then we walked to the to the Queen, and we walked back and bowed, and we walked away. Left foot forward. Yes, we always started. We were drilled beforehand by some big guardsman fella, and every time he was reading out the names and he got the ring of sorry, he kept cracking up. We lined up with the other five million people who were getting it. The only people there, there was nobody trying to get at us, though. They were all friendly, you know. All the people fact, waiting we did about for 50 it. autographs. We signed for all the people, people waiting to get their MBEs and OBEs. Yeah, yes. they, they were all nice, you know. And there's only one fellow who said, I want, it for my, I want it for my daughter. I don't know what she sees in you. <laughs> did he say that? Yeah. Then they were introduced to Her Majesty the Queen. John says, she was just like a mum to us. She really put us at our ease. John, had you met the Queen before? Uh, no, first time. What did you think of you in the flesh? Did she tell you? No, she's not going to say either way, you know, but she seemed pleasant enough to us, you know, mm -hmm. made us relaxed. She said to me, have you been working hard lately? And I couldn't think what we had been doing, so I said, uh, no, we've been having a holiday, but we'd been recording, but I couldn't remember that. And, and then she said, said to me, um... <laughs> what did she say? Oh, have you been together long? And I said, yes. Well, that's not, wasn't a joke. I said, yes, many years. And Ringo said, 40 years. And they all sung at the same time. She laughed. Yes, she laughed. We all had a little laugh. And then after you've been presented, you know, you sort of go to the other end of the corridor and they give you this little medal. It, you, do, you do sort of think, well, it's not like you imagined it, you know, That's like in your, in your, you know, I suppose in your dreams you'd have this great sort of, you know, the queen sits there with her great flowing robes and, and puts her sword on your shoulder and stuff. Well, you know, in fact, they just give you a medal. She just said, it's a pleasure, pleasure to give you this. It, you know, that's what she said to everyone. <laughs> and then she put John's on and said to her, did he work hard? I must have looked so shattered. <laughs> I was just buttoning in while she spoke to everyone else. You know. <laughs> so, um, she said, did you start it all? And I said, no, they did. And then he said, I'm the little one. I said, I joined last, I'm the little fellow. As I am. Isn't that cute? Yeah. 
Look at him, he's smiling. <laughs> the Beatles had plenty to smile about. Later, Chris Denning asked them why they thought they'd been given the MBE. Um, I don't know. Probably got it for oh, making money on that for Britain. <laughs> I'd say the rough guess. You think so, really? Yeah, well, you know. They make more than we do. Yeah. Who do? Britain do. Oh, I see. <laughs> what do you think about it, Ringo? It's nice, you know. I, I enjoy being an MBE. Are you going to kind of put it after your name on your records and things? No, no, and you needn't stay on your knees. Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she doesn't have a lot to say. Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she changes from day to day. I want to tell her that I love her a lot, but I gotta get a belly full of wine. Majesty's a pretty nice girl, someday I'm gonna make a mine, oh yeah, someday I'm gonna make a mine. When John returned to his home in Kenwood, he beamed with pride. Cynthia Lennon remembers the moment. Mimi will have to eat her words now, Sin, about earning a living with a guitar, John kept saying. Mimi's lack of pride in him still hurt. Even though he was famous and wealthy, she still behaved as though he'd got lucky and that his success was nothing to do with talent and hard work. He hoped that being honoured by the Queen might impress her. And it did. She was so pleased that she asked John if she could keep the MBE for him, to which he agreed. For a few years, it had pride of place on her television. Most of October and November were spent at the Abbey Road Studios, recording a new album and a new single. Oh, it goes, it's when it comes. Okay, let's take it from the top and run it. Don't take it from the top. I mean, yes, okay. We can work it out and get it straight, I'll say goodnight. We can work it out, we can work it out. Life is very short and there's no time for fussing and fighting, my friend. There's a chance that we might fall apart before too long We can work it out, we can work it out Life is very short and there's no time For fussing and fighting, my friend I have always thought that it's a crime So I
On November 3rd, the day was spent at EMI Studios recording Paul McCartney's ballad, Michelle. The boys had no middle lead worked out yet for George Harrison to play. I love you. It was George Martin who came up with the middle lead. Uh, without composition lines. And, you know, the, the guitar solo in the shell is my composition. I wrote down the notes. As I play this, George, you can do, do these notes with me on the guitar. I'll play you. That kind of thing. On November 4th, deadlines were clearly becoming very tight. It was now less than a month before the desired release date for the new LP, and yet only slightly more than half of the songs had been recorded. The song that they had worked on this afternoon was titled What Goes On. It was on March 5, 1963 that the Beatles first attempted to record What Goes On, though lack of time meant that the tapes were never actually rolling. It was, even then, quite an old Lennon-McCartney song. Now it was revived and handed to Ringo for his statutory one vocal per LP. He also ended up with a joint composing credit too, though what exactly he contributed to warrant this has never been clarified. The song was recorded in one take with overdubs of Ringo's rockabilly vocal and John and Paul's backing. What goes on? What goes on in your heart? What goes on in your mind? You are tearing me apart When you treat me so unkind what goes on in your mind? The next number they worked on this day was more of a tune than an actual song. It was the group's first attempt at recording a purely instrumental number. 12-bar original, we're calling it, announced engineer Norman Smith over the talkback before the first take. A rather unoriginal, though absolutely accurate, title for what it was, essentially, just a rambling 12-bar blues number. Typical of the day, but certainly untypical of anything the Beatles had ever attempted. 12-bar original, we're calling it. It's take one. One, two, three, four! On Monday, November the 8th, time was running out. I can't go on, I really can't. Come on, let's do this bleeding record. Not just for the deadline release of the Beatles' next album due out, but also for the group's annual Christmas flexi-disc for its fan club members. Don't ride me, don't ride me. Paul, <coughs> get off my back. So on this day at EMI Studios, studio number two, producer George Martin, engineer Norman Smith, and second engineer Ken Scott recorded a George Harrison composition titled Won't Be There With You. During the recording, Martin kept the tape running the entire session to capture any spoken words the boys may have said during the recording so they can be used for their third Christmas record. Look, Terence, what if you it? wanted to resign from the amateur dramatics, do. It's not that. I put a lot of money and thought into the whole thing. Yeah, but let's face it, you're crap. 
<laughs> Aren't you? Well, all right, all right. I mean, you're only doing walk-ons. Whose father was he got the hall in the first place, eh? Yes, you're only doing walk-ons and you're farting those up. Nell! Oh, Christ. Give us a kiss. Ha! <laughs> and go where you're going. I only did it once to... on the first take, you know. Now I've got it in my bleeding mind for remembering it. I will have a cup. About the good things that we can have if we... No, play major. Can have, play loud. About the good things that we can have if we close our eyes. Close our eyes. Close our eyes. Okay, I think I might have it now. I know. I get something in my head, you know, and all the walls of Rome couldn't stop me. <laughs> One, two, three, four. I've got a word or two to say about the things that you do. You're telling all those lies about the good things that we can have if we close our eyes. Do what you want to do. And go where you're going to Think for yourself Cause I won't be there with you I left you far behind The ruins of the life That you have in mind And though you still can't see I know your mind's made up, you're gonna cause more misery Do what you want to do And go where you're going to Think for yourself, cause I will be there with you Although your mind's opaque Try thinking more if just for your own sake The future still looks good And you've got time to rectify all the things that you should Do what you want to do And go where you're going to Think for yourself cause I will be there with you What you want to do And go where you're going to Think for yourself Cause I won't be there with you Think for yourself Cause I won't be there with you Well, let I will have one more try, you know And then if not, you know, I, I concede Troy it looks like supercars getting out of control, Troy. <laughs> Marina, Aquamarina. Yeah, we'll do one of them for Christmas, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> How come you fuck up everything that you do? <laughs> that you do. Marina. 
I will be pleased to see the Earth men disintegrated. Okay, uh, okay just before it. So we're going to do two, in fact. Try thinking more if just for your own sake, but that doesn't have that. We'll play you, we'll play it's okay, no, we know. I think we know. You just go and chinga, chinga, ching, boom, boom, boom. I'm sorry, sometimes I feel less than useless at these sessions. I really do. Of course, Cynthia understands. I often talk to her about it when we get home. Mm. I say, sometime, you know, Cynthia, I just can't get the note. Pooh, and I stink too. <clears throat> I'm waiting for somebody to say something about it. But I'll be older than you use. It isn't. It is. Cynthia licked it clean before we left. Let me tell you, it's that B.O. B.O. you're using. Boom. And you've got, got time to rectify all the thing. Magic looks good. And you've got time to rectify all the things that you should. On November 15th at Studio One at EMI Studios London, final remixing for the new album took place. And on the 16th of November, George Martin worked out the album's track running order. On November 25th, Harrods in London opens after hours to allow the Beatles to do their Christmas shopping. Hey, it's ten o'clock on a Saturday. So it is. Hey, and it's Christmas Day. Let's go home then. (laughs) (laughs) December has arrived along with the Christmas season. The BBC air the special The Songs of Lennon and McCartney. With the end of 1965, the Beatles are working home territory with a super special on the telly featuring friends, the Epstein family, and others on the songs of Lennon and McCartney. Well, it looks like a good lineup for the show. Yes, but where's all the other people who've done our songs? I thought the Stones wrote that on themselves. No, we wrote that when we were so high. Can't buy me love. Can't buy me love. Where's Ella Fitzgerald? She's on a world tour and she won't be in England till next year. I've only got an hour. Well, she was just 17. And you know what I mean. By the way she looked, she was just beyond compare. Hey, what's Anthony Newley doing? He's in pantomime on Broadway, isn't he? Oh, it's in When I saw Russ Conway's not on Broadway. Neither are Peter and Gordon. That's not Peter and Gordon, is it? I thought you said Pinky and Perky. Peter and Gordon did well without love, didn't they? Please look. I can only hear one of them, is it, Peter? They're not the only ones to have recorded well without love, Paul. That happens to be on the Blackman. Well, how about Peter and Gordon? Well, how about Peter and Gordon? Please lock me away And don't allow the day here in 
Stella Black, Billy J. Kramer, Peter and Gordon, George Martin, and a 25-piece orchestra perform. Peter Sellers sings A Hard Day's Night. It has been a hard day's night. And I have been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night. I should be sleeping like a log. But when I get home to you, I find the things that you do will make me feel all right. You know I work all day to get you money to buy you things. And it's worth it just to hear you say you are going to give me everything. That's why I love to come home. Cause when I get you alone, you know I feel okay. When I'm home, everything seems to be right. When I'm home, feeling you, holding me tight, It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night. I should be sleeping like a log. But when I get home to you, I find the things that you do will make me feel all right. Let's give them a big hand. On December 1st, the group rehearsed for their up-and-coming tour at Neil and Mal's flat at 16 Montague Mews in London. Lukewarm baby got a custard face. Gone around and on the old old Coming up in a moment. The Beatles release a new LP. I think Rubber So uh, really was the first of the albums which really presented a new Beatles to the world. The group toured the United Kingdom. Another new smash single. And John's father cashes in. That's my life, my love and my home was awful. Next on Yesterday and Today. Just keeps on Saturday Club. Yeah, no, did a little Saturday Club, did a little Saturday Club, did a little Saturday Club, did a little Saturday Club. Saturday, Saturday Club. They do anything for money, don't they? Cut, okay, cut it, Harry. Cut it there. For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time.
I'm Paul Kaminsky. And I'm James Kaminsky. And we are the co-hosts of the Third Men Podcast. We are a Jack White history podcast where we go over the White Stripes, Third Man Records, the list goes on. And occasionally, we do a funny voice or two. So you're going to probably want to get used to that. Or turn it off. Whatever your preference. Or whatever turns you on. (laughs) Hey now, you're an all-star, because occasionally we'll do an all-star We did do an entire Smash Mouth episode once, that is true. (laughs) We are every other week on Wednesdays, and we are available on iTunes and really wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so why don't you come on and find yourself a little home here with us? We promise we'll be weird roommates. If I want to do the dishes without my pants on, that's my deal. That was weird, see? We weren't even lying. (laughs)